You're listening to Robert Wright's Non-Zero Podcast. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. Hey, what's on your iPad, Mickey? Why don't you hold it up to the camera? Well, that's Bruce Feiler, author of the Feiler Faster Thesis. Have things been moving rapidly in your area, Mickey? Things are moving rapidly in the election, Bob, and the Republicans, well, they're moving rapidly in two senses. One, they're moving rapidly in the election, and the Republicans' only hope is that they will keep moving rapidly through this current phase where the Republicans are getting clobbered into another phase. Things are moving especially rapidly around here, Bob, because I accidentally took two doses of Sudafed, something I've never done before, and it has a marked effect, and we, if I have a heart attack on camera, which would be great TV, I understand. Uh, please alert the authorities. I was going to remark on how vibrant you seem, Mickey. You just seem alive in a, uh, in a new way. In, well, in I'm a getting good into way. it. I'm getting into it. Did but, you did you uh, snort the Sudafed as usual? No, I. Uh, but I forgot to count how many, like how many capsules were left on the little oh, gel yeah. pack. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I have a product. I have a, a brilliant product idea that's so obvious. Mm-hmm. Design one of those packs of pills where, yeah. if when you punch one out, it discolors for like an hour. Mm-hmm. So you can tell that you just took one. That's brilliant. Oh, yeah. That's brilliant for people like our, our age. You know, and then who yeah. better to market it to people our age than you and me? Because after all, we are our age, right? right. Um. So uh, anyway, uh, nobody. They've obviously thought of this. It's not that original idea. So they oh, I don't, don't be so humble. Don't okay. be so humble, Mickey. In fact, this this idea is so good. I don't think you could have thought of it if you were on only one Sudafed. I, this you're is gonna, a two <laughs> Sudafed idea. You're going to claim it as blogging heads work product. It I is everything, Mickey. Everything that appears on this is true on a podcast on this podcast is the intellectual property of the Non-Zero <laughs> Foundation, and we thank you for your kind contribution. I'm glad to contribute to world peace and cognitive empathy. Um, so anyway, there is the big news in the political world is this is the shock of this uh, special election in New special York. Special election in District 19 of New York where the Democrat uh, won. The, de- the Democrat won. It, he was replacing a retiring Democrat, but the Republican, Mr. Molinaro, was a, pr- a primo recruit, uh, supposedly like the best they could come up with. He was a really good candidate, uh, and and so he was expected to win. Uh, and Ryan ran on an abortion, abortion, abortion platform mm-hmm. and gun control, but abortion, abortion mainly, mm-hmm. and and won by two points. And uh, so, a it proves the the vitality of the post uh, Dobbs abortion issue, uh, and b uh, uh, it it it. The vitality showed itself by goosing Democratic turnout. Meanwhile, the Republican turnout was not goosed. And uh, Ryan Jurdusky, uh points out that, you know, it's perfectly all right to t- for the Republicans to talk about inflation, but that's not what motivates the base. That doesn't get the base out the door in an off, uh, you know, a, a special right. election. Right. What he claims what motivates the base is cultural issues, i.e., wokeness in schools, crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's probably true. I, in other areas, especially Arizona and areas like that, maybe Pennsylvania, immigration is a top concern, and the Republicans didn't talk about that either. Uh, 
they got to talk about something other than inflation if they want to goose the turnout and uh, without Trump. I mean, tr if Trump's on the ballot, the turnout, uh, the, these people come out to vote, the rural Trump base. Um, mm -hmm. So much so that Sean Trend, the uh, commentator- The, the aptly been, named Sean Trend. The aptly named Sean Trend, who's been incredibly prescient, is now openly wondering whether it's actually in the Republicans' interest if Trump declares early. Because they want, they really need, they can't turn out their vote without Trump. But they haven't tried these uh, these non-inflation culture issues in immigration. So obviously they should. They're, they're idiots. They're blowing it. They're completely lost. I mean, they're talking, they're making a big deal of the student loan proposal of Biden's, okay? It's regressive. It, you know, they're, they're right. It has all sorts of problems. It's not a number one issue. Nobody's going to decide to vote for the Republicans because they think the distributional consequences of the student loan program are regressive. No, but I would think that's a Trumpist issue in the sense that, you know, you rich uh, parents who send your kids to college don't need a break. Your kids don't need a break. We of the unemployed working class in middle America are getting neglected again. Isn't that I don't I don't think so, because so many aspirational working class people go to colleges, not necessarily Ivy League colleges, but community colleges mm. and other colleges, and they get loans, maybe not big loans, but maybe mm. some are big loans. Uh, and and they're sort of they're sort of the people who who not the people who should be resented. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't think. I think the, the 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 scope of this relief is broad enough that it encompasses a lot of the kids of of the the Trump but, voters. But look, I mean, the Senate candidates, sir, the, the the key, the kind of swing Senate candidates that the Republicans are worried will lose, aren't they kind of Trumpists? I mean, Blake Masters. I mean, they're not playing up Trumpism issues. No, he is, but he he hasn't been through his election yet. Uh, uh, he well, but, is but he's talking he now, is a right? J.D. Vance is, but, yeah. uh, but you know, the Senate, I, I'm not even, I'm not even thinking about the Senate anymore, Bob. I'm thinking about the house. I mean, you've given the up the Senate. I'm just not, I'm not focused on the Senate. My focus is on blocking right. the democratic perverse democratic agenda and a, a strong Republican okay. majority in the house would do that. So okay. that's, that's the main chance of doing that. Uh, and well, I defer to you on all of these things because I don't think much about actually politics generally, but certainly not the House. There's too many people to keep track of. Well, that's why you have to talk about the general trends and the general mood and the mood as set by Kevin McCarthy is, uh, gee, we're talking about the inflation in the economy. And then when a, a good inflation number comes out, like one just came out this morning, uh, they have, you know, and gas prices come down. They're left with nothing to say. Uh, they're idiots. I mean, McCarthy, if McCarthy, even if McCarthy wins, if he wins by five votes, he deserves not to be speaker. And he might not be speaker. There might be a rebellion against him. So they should all be saying stop the madness, in short. Stop the, we decided stop the madness was not the best slogan since the Republicans are a bit mad themselves. But <laughs> stop the woke madness, maybe. Uh, the, uh, the, the other thing is... Um, uh, if if uh, you know if, if they lose, why shouldn't both McCarthy and McConnell be kicked out of their uh, their party seats if the Republicans don't do well? I mean, you're, they you're should have the fear the wrong of God tree If you want uh, an answer to that question, I'm I'm fine with any any sort of misfortune befalling either of them. Yeah. The other the other thing is, 
we had the first article now by uh, Paul Kane of the Washington Post about how the Democrats have a narrow majority to start enacting big legislation again. In other words, if if they win two extra seats, then Manchin and Cinema don't matter. They have 50 votes. Right. They will get rid of the filibuster, and then they'll start passing whatever the hell they want in the Senate, and the only possible restraint would be in the House. And even if McCarthy has five votes on some of these issues, he might lose five votes. So, you know. Yeah, your, your, your anxiety is so far-seeing, Mickey. You you worry it, around corners that other people aren't even aware of. It's the second Sudafed, Bob. It's the second. <laughs> it's, that's the... That's the yeah. source of the paranoia. But have you but, ever tried Sudafed and Xanax at the same time? No, that would be uh, an interesting, a, a, a balanced Mickey, perhaps. I think Sudafed and, and exercise is a good combination. Actually, did you exercise today? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, it's all uh, falling into place. Uh, but I, I sort of think that the Republicans should be able to make an issue of the things that the Democrats will pass. If they don't vote for Republicans, they've, I, I've, I've given up on the affirmative Republican agenda. They're obviously mm. incapable of doing that, but they can at least have a negative. We have to stop the Democrats agenda. And the Build Back Better was mm. not wildly popular. In retrospect, it, it gives off a bad odor, a huge spending bill at a time of inflation. The child care provisions were all screwed up. Most of the most of the planks of Build Back Better were screwed up. Uh, and why can't they run against that? It's a you know, a multi-trillion dollar expenditure that's going to be a disaster. I've got just a slogan for you. If you want them to run in anticipation of things the Democrats might do. Here it goes. You ready? Write this down. You ready to write this down? I have a photographic memory, Bob. Preempt the madness. (laughs) How's that? That's like like the better slogan for cognitive empathy I gave you last week, which probably wasn't that good. What? No, was that? Uh, it was the was empathetic imagination. That was Damon Linker's. Yeah. Well, I, there's a there's a book actually of that title. Oh, is there? Which presumably empathetic imagination. I think so. Which I think. Hmm. I tell you, I was at a coffee shop, which was filled with smug West Side liberals. You could tell that was, they were smug and from yes. the West Side and liberal just from looking yes. at them. You didn't even Correct. talk to them. You knew these three things. No, well, the one was talking and he was talking to a kid and he's going in a very self-righteous way, the way that sort of a Hollywood movie person would talk. It's called empathy. But see, that's uh, not my kind of empathy. And he was it, talking about warm empathy, not cold empathy. He was, I not, of he was talking about emotional empathy, not cognitive empathy. I almost confronted him. But I, I just think these people give empathy a, a bad name. You should walk up to him and say, you know, there's a better kind of empathy. Bob's empathy. <laughs> and spread the word. Um, what's in the, what, what's I'll a, do that. the beverage? What's the beverage? I'll do that next time. It's coffee, just in case the two Oh, good. Just in case two Sudafeds was not enough. Yeah. Good. Okay. If I take, I'm scared to take my blood pressure because... If it's over 180, I have to go to the emergency room immediately. So we don't want that. Uh, that would interrupt. Bob the, had no Sudafeds today. He could not handle this alone. That would interrupt the flow. Anyway, that's my um, campaign update. You uh, know what I heard uh, Blake Masters did in rea- apparently in reaction to this. Well, uh, this is election. the other point. He he's he is he's, correctly adjusting his position on abortion, even at the at the at, to the extreme of erasing parts of his website that he never right. should have put up at all. The Republicans could see that this might come down the pike. Why did they go gung-ho uh, pro-life uh, 
in the primaries. I guess they had to win the primaries, and but there was they they you know they could have waited and they could have done it before the New York special election showed that abortion was a losing issue for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 a tough it's sort of a tightrope by as they say say they have to walk because they have to backtrack on abortion while not pissing off the pro-lifers so much that they stay at home. I think they can do it, and they obviously should have put a damper on all these uh, you know, uh, super pro-life pieces mm-hmm. of legislation in state legislatures that the media is broadcasting to show how crazy uh, anti-abortion Republicans are. That, that's a failure of leadership. But this is where Bruce Feiler comes in. Uh, was it seems to me the politics move so fast and people are adjusting so quickly and the pro-choice uh, people are winning so many votes in states and in state legislatures that it may actually achieve some sort of equilibrium that calms people down in October, leaving a month to campaign on other issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, Bob, it'll all blow over by Thanksgiving or a few weeks before Thanksgiving. Uh, and, and so Filer, mm-hmm. Filer is the hope of the Republicans, that, mm-hmm. that the abortion thing, which is killing him now, will uh, will sort of normalize itself and be out of the news uh, with enough time to go before the election to, for the old trends to reassert themselves. Well, shouldn't the Democrats make ads that seem to be made by some very conservative group that say Blake Masters claimed he was pro-life. Meanwhile, he was secretly removing passages from his website. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that work? That might work. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean just in terms of causing the pro-life people to stay home. Yeah, can't the Democrats somehow play up exactly what you're hoping the Republicans voters will not notice? In that, uh, in this one case, at least, I mean, they got him. They got the screenshot. That, that the would immediately before the that website would, after. That would immediately be uh, be uncovered, of course. I think uh, who funded it? Because Masters would say we didn't fund it. All the pro Masters people would say we didn't fund it. Mm-hmm. It's obviously funded by the Democrats, so it might seem to be a dirty trick. Mm, okay. I'm, so. Um, Anyway, the, the filer, filer is the hope of the Republicans for Mar-a-Lago, too. I think Mar-a-Lago is already fading. I mean, it just doesn't have the news cachet it used to have. And, you know, well, it has is that all these... good or bad? I thought it was, it was maybe going to arouse the Republican troops. Is it fading on both sides? Well, obviously it didn't in New York's 19th district. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, uh, if, if it fades symmetrically, that's maybe okay with me. I don't know. I, I wasn't sure what a net effect it was going to have anyway. I assumed it would have a, a negative effect, but maybe you're right. Maybe it. Uh... Now, one thing that's happened is that, uh, uh, that that you might think might make it slightly harder for it to incite outrage on the right is that as more stuff comes out, I mean, the kind of bellwether, fairly reasonable conservative legal analyst, Andy McCarthy, is backing off, I, as I understand it, of his his belief that this is a January 6th fishing expedition and is more inclined to say that, you know, what the Justice Department was kind of legit, given what they had uh, to work with. Apparently, more has come out about how, how hard the Justice Department tried to resolve this peacefully. They really did have reason uh, to be concerned about the documents and what Trump still had, and there are these back and forths, and they're trying to work it out, and Trump's being a dick, right? 
It, it also came out that Trump was advised by some lawyers to be a dick. In other words, oh, really? He he had some. He had his normal lawyers who said, "You really got to hand it to, back to the government," and and he had uh, some uh, sort of fringier right wing lawyers, like I think Tom Fitton, uh, who said, "No, you don't." Uh, huh. The uh, that was in a CNN story. The um, uh, you know. It could be, uh, you know, and, and, and you know, it could be they had perfectly good reasons to search the house. The search doesn't bother me. I'm not upset that Trump was searched, but uh, but you know, it could just be a conflu- confluence of interests. I mean, there's no contradiction between fishing and going after these documents. So uh, what you know, it's it, it's maybe hard to disentangle the two causes. The um, the the, the most conspiracy-minded people on the right think that the FBI was trying to get back documents that Trump had that would have implicate shown how horrible the Russia uh, investigation was. I don't quite buy that. I also don't understand that hasn't the copier been invented? <laughs> it, can Trump? Why can't Trump hand back the originals and keep copies? Is that is that are we talking about copies? Well, I he mean, certainly could could. I mean, yeah, he's got a smartphone camera, right? I mean, yeah, he could do. He has the technological capacity to do that. For some reason, he didn't want to. And he's allowed to. And he's allowed to. Well, that doesn't make any sense. He's allowed to uh, write his I mean, memoirs, isn't he? And the memoirs, presumably, he's allowed to have access to. Now, as for, I mean, I don't know about the legality, uh, whether presidents are allowed to make copies of all these documents. I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that. You would think, but I don't know. But, um, but that, you know, that would not assuage the concern of, of, of the, the feds, which was that he had some genuinely sensitive stuff that was not being well controlled. They, they, but the press seems to have abandoned the idea that they were nuclear secrets. Yeah, now I, it turns out they were they were the identities of confidential informants. Oh, really? Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what came out today. The they released a search warrant today, redacted the affidavit. The affidavit and uh, and it seemed uh, to heavily stress uh, compromising confidential sources, which could, in my experience, could be real. And you know, there are, there were there have been leaks. I remember once going to a talk by Bobby Inman, who said, you know, after. After this and that leak, we lost a bunch of informants and we were compromised. There have been leaks. There was one guy who was supposedly killed in the wake of the Hillary leak. Uh, so um, that could be real, or it could be a you know a cover for mm-hmm. for a uh, you know a otherwise motivated uh, search. I don't know. Anyway, I you're right. It, it probably has a it, it probably has a nobody quite knows how it would affect the election. And uh, it, it's fading in significance anyway, so we should probably not I mean, worry about it see, in, the, in the election terms. The reason I would think that, if anything, to the extent that that issue stays alive, it's got to help the Republicans, is like the, the Democrats who are worked up about it, it's not like they could hate Trump more than they already hate him, right? I mean, they're, aren't they as motivated as they can be? Whereas the Republicans are like, you know, Trump's kind of out of sight, out of mind, and then this issue brings him back, and and once again he's being persecuted by cosmopolitan coastal elites, um, right? Well, we thought the Democrats until recently we thought the Democrats were motivated, so now we know different. Uh, so you're right about until that. Until the special election, uh, you mean? Yeah, and the Kansas election on abortion. Um, the mm-hmm. uh, uh, and if you looked at the Florida turnout numbers, they were very high for Democrats. So. 
Uh, well, don't, but, wouldn't you still bet that the Republicans will hold the House after the election? Uh, maybe, but it's not, it's not the sort of bet I like to make because it's the narrow conventional wisdom and, and it, it's sort of, it's clinging by a thread at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. they, at first it was like, well, you know, the, it's a red wave and then it's, well, maybe it's a smaller red wave and then it's, they don't need the red wave and now, oh, it's more likely than not, they'll, I think you're at exactly the point where the people are saying it's more likely than not they'll hold the house, but, um. Uh, the trend is going in the other direction. So there's a fair amount of time left. Now, I mean, that's why I'm not sanguine even about the, the Democrats holding the, the Senate because there's you know a lot of time. And that that Fetterman thing seems like a total wild card to me. I mean, he's got to do a debate, and and his brain is in the process of recovering, and we don't know where it'll be. It's not clear that he's going to agree to a debate. Really, uh, he he hasn't agreed to it yet. And Oz has sort of stupidly. Tr- Challenge him to five debates. Well, that's Nobody obviously does an five debates. Man. Yeah, let's, let's settle for two. How about two? Yeah, uh, but um, but two uh, is perfect uh, because Fetterman. I mean, he should have two spaced out by like a couple of weeks. And so the first one, they'll say Fetterman's still a little slow, and that'll be the conventional wisdom. And the second one, right. they'll they'll bust the conventional wisdom. He's that back be, on top. That that would be good for him. The um. Yeah, I guess the main reason I'm pessimistic is not just the trend, because as Bruce Feiler told us, the trends change incredibly quickly. It's that the Republicans are reluctant to use the issues like immigration and crime and wokeness that work for them Mm -hmm. because they're restrained by their establishment donors. They want to do some vague, the economy, mismanagement, student loans bullshit, and that's not cutting ice. And, And, you know, and do they really care? Does... Do the donors really care if they, you know, if if they don't quite take the Senate or if they, uh, you know, if they if they only win by by five to ten votes in the House? Uh, that's where the donors probably want to be. They don't want mm. a crazy MAGA fifty vote Republican majority. The uh, so Mickey, can you explain this weird tweet of yours to me? The only one. That's a, it starts out with okay, this is about the Florida governor thing. Starts out with Democratic nominee Charlie Crist saying those who support the governor should stay with him. I don't want your vote. If you have that hate in your heart, keep keep it there. Now, he went on to say, I want I want Republican support. I want Democrat, I want all kinds of support. Uh, I guess he was referring to some specific and then your tweet was about this. But first, can, uh, let me ask so you. He, he, he started backtracking. He realized he'd overstepped. Okay, and, and he started backtracking. But was this in reaction to what DeSantis said about Fauci, or some other kind of hating that DeSantis is doing? I just am against. De- I'm against demonizing your political opposition. I think that's what leads. <laughs> if you can't to- demonize your political opposition, who can you demonize? Well, you you could say they're they're ill-considered elitists, but you can't say they're they have hate. They're evil people. But I that think means, DeSantis they, does have you, hate. You, in his heart. If they hate and are evil people, you want to take a machine gun and and mow them all down. No That's way. not the Sometimes sort of sentiment they we want. do events. Hey, I mean, honestly, I thought that one Fauci line comes pretty close. That was pretty, I thought, I found that pretty disgusting. I don't here. know which Fauci line you're talking about. Oh, come on. It's where he said, I'll, I'll find the quote. Uh, he says, uh, DeSantis said about Fauci, someone needs to grab that little elf and chuck him across the Potomac. Oh, that's not that. He's obviously not serious about checking him across the Potomac. No, but it's the it's it's a fanciful aggression. And, and 
I, I just what I hate about it is the is the macho-ness, the bully. You just just like more evidence that this guy was a total asshole in high school. I don't like it either for all those reasons. But there's a difference between attacking a leader of the opposition and attacking all the voters of the opposition. And Chris attacked all the voters of the opposition. And that's that's a uh, you know that's that's impolitic for good reason. Well, he, he didn't wants some of those voters. Them. He said they have hate, hate. Oh, you have that hate in your heart a, that you would vote for DeSantis. I suppose you could kind of, with a reach, infer that. But it was basically a word salad. Uh, and uh, anyway, what you said was that that what Chris had said, those who support the governor should stay with him. I don't want you to vote. If you have that hate in your heart, keep it there. Then he backtracks, says, I want support for blah, 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 blah. You say this formalizes the shift from thinking your political opponents are wrongheaded to thinking they are evil people. This right. is a prelude to dot, 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 very bad things. Yeah, well. Come on. That's standard conventional wisdom that we've First become. Of all, we're moving saying, towards, we're moving away from, uh, you know, for, from politely disagreeing and toward regarding our opponents as evil. First of all, uh, well, I, I thought your complaint, just now listening to you, I thought your complaint was that he was characterizing the governor's supporters as evil. Yeah. But that's not what your tweet says. They have hate. Oh. Yeah, but yeah, that's not what your tweet, tweet says. Your tweet just says, thinking your political opponents are wrongheaded to thinking well, they're evil. His political opponent the voters is the are, the voters are I, I, I was the, the voters are opponents. The, uh, and I was thinking of not just Chris, but everybody thinks of their political opponents as evil. I am a Trump voter this who is, lives in Los Angeles. I know is, what I'm talking about, Bob. There are just so many things Trump said <laughs> That, that are as bad or worse than this thing that Chris said that you never complained about. I mean, well, this one. is just I'm nothing. I'm sure you're right, but name one. Well, in terms of Trump actually being a horrible person and a hater, uh, there's uh, the fact that he made made fun of a, a person who was born with a disability. I mean, that should have been fun disqualified. Of one person, he, just because he's an <laughs> asshole does not mean he hates a large swath of his political opponents. No, it's not the same thing. It's like it's, I'm it's just like saying, the, I don't it's, remember it's getting you close to World War II, where we called the Japanese nips or chicks. No, wait you know, a second. Wait a chicks. second. It's, it's it's a step closer to that, and that's bad. No, wait. The thing that's closer to being like Hitlerian is making fun of people who are born with disabilities. That's way closer than anything Chris has said. For God's is sake, is Trump running against? Millions of people with disabilities. There's just this one reporter he wanted to make fun of. No, my point is that that the, I'm not saying these are the same thing or exactly parallel. I'm saying in terms of how alarmed you should be. This is a good question. You're saying you should be. Let, let's imagine Chris is running for president. You're saying you should be a, more alarmed by a presidential candidate who says what I just quoted him saying about uh, about his opponent than you should be by a presidential candidate. Who does a voters. visual, uh, visually, voters. let me finish, visually mocks a person born with a disability. To me, that really is out of Hitler's playbook. That really is leading uh, you down the path. I, I'm, I'm, uh, first, there are two different questions. I'm not saying that well, which disqualifies, is worse. I'm not saying which bothers you more. I'm saying that Chris saying this is a dangerous trend, and this is one more step in that direction. Whether or not there are other things that would disqualify him for president more, that's a separate question. That's not what I said. I didn't say this is the most disqualifying thing he could say if he was running for president or that, you know, this is, this is worse than making fun of a, a cripple when it comes to 
qualify for president. I'd say this is a really bad yeah. trend. That's all no, I, I know. I know you're not. I know you're not saying in this tweet that that's worse than what Trump said. You just challenged me to come up with things Trump did that are as bad as worse that you didn't condemn. No, in the, in the same vein, in the same vein of uh, broadly characterizing your opponents as evil. But I mean, Trump, Trump did this shit all the You're fucking voted. time, man. I mean, if you really want me to research it and come at you with 20 of them, you know, next week, and I have time, I will. You know I can. You know Trump was... was I, I think you, you could know come Trump up was, with... did this kind of shit on a weekly basis. The, I mean, that's why the... Uh, you know, the anti-Semitic dog whistle would be one of them, or, or the any anti-Semitism would be a similar well, sort and of saying, thing. And saying the people coming across the border are rapists, and then at the very end saying, and a few of them are good people. I mean, he just did this shit all the time. When he says, when he says people who support Democrats are pedophiles, for example... That would be that. Would be, and that's what I got back from my followers. Well, what about pedophiles? And I said, well, they're accusing the politicians of being pedophiles, not the voters. When he accuses the voters of being pedophiles, that would be equivalent. Okay, it would not. I don't think it'd be hard to find Trump casually I mean, saying things about supporters of his opponent. You know, I mean, he the, the worst he thing was all know, over the place. The worst, the worst sign, uh, warning sign of anybody's character is: do they torture animals? When, when somebody tortures animals, you know they're like a really bad person. It's just a horrible sign for, for <laughs> what's going to happen later. Okay, if, if Chris tortured animals, that would really disqualify him for higher office. I'm not saying that this is the most disqualifying thing. I'm saying this is another thing that's really bad. I'm saying, I see, uh, there's just a difference of opinion. Making fun of a person born with a disability, publicly mocking them visually, to me, that's just another order of bad. And it really it may is be another pointing, order of bad, but in really terms of what, leads to, to, what leads to civil wars is the your opponents are all slant-eyed evil people. Oh wait, that's ethnic. Let's don't let's well don't, ethnic is part of that. No, it, this isn't part of it. This is not an ethnic slur. He's saying people have made a choice. No, I'm not defending would be what another, he said. I wouldn't say it. And I I can ethnic, I now see more than I did when I first saw your tweet, read it, looking at his words closely the way you were taking them and the way they could be taken. I mean, I don't, obviously he, 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 he realized he kind of screwed up because he did walk it back, but I mean, uh, right. he, he well, walked it back right then. I mean, he walked it back in the next not sentence. Not completely, but yes, he tried to do his best. Yeah. But, um, um, but the, still, the, this is just I, not, I mean, I, this is, uh, no, I, I'm, it's just, it's eth just. Eth ethnic isn't really part of it, although there is some, you know, some, some, some sneering at, uh, at, non-college educated whites as hillbillies and et cetera, et cetera, but that's very minor. But we're approaching, what, what, what the danger for us is, remember the mods versus the rockers wars in Britain? The, 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 the album Quadrophenia is about that. They were, they were like these two cults in Britain of kids. One wore black leather jackets and rode motorcycles and were the, mo the rockers, and the others wore like these hip outfits and rode scooters and they were the mods uh and they they hated each other okay and there was they were ethnically i think very similar and we're approaching the situation where there's not actually all that much difference in in in, in the issues between a lot of trumpists and a lot of uh a lot a lot of democrats but there's a huge amount of resentment including class resentment and and what if the mods and rockers sort of started uh, violently going at each other more violently than they did? 
That's where we're headed. That's that's the danger. I don't think we're going to get there. Look, look, you don't have to tell me. I mean, this is one reason. I thought you'd like that tweet. Uh, tweet was up your alley. Well, As I wrote if the tweet, I, had I thought, known, first this is all, up Bob's alley. He's going to like this. When I read the tweet, I had known that when you said political opponents, you didn't mean his political opponent, as that term is normally used. That is to say the candidate opposing him. No, look at the quote. He's talking charitable. about voters. He's saying, we don't want your vote if you have that hate in your heart. It's the voters who have the hate in the heart. It's not yeah. DeSantis he's talking about. He's talking about people who vote for DeSantis. He's saying, I yeah. don't want your vote. Yeah, He's no, I now, see, I, don't want I now see you mean vote. this. I now see you mean this. A, a clear tweet would have would have saved you a lot of trouble, I think. But uh, well, that's you know, always w- true. When you think of I a politician's of, political opponent, you know, I, I had a lot worse tweets than that in that chain. Uh, you mean you, you in mean terms in, of imprecise and able to be misinterpreted yeah. as you did. Uh, so. Um. Anyway, but I, I stand by my my guns. This is nothing compared to making fun of disabled people. Nothing, nothing. In terms of just the alarm bell, it should go off. In terms so of just going, Oz, wait a second. No, I mean, look, do you think, do I think what? You don't think Oz should mock Fetterman's inability to talk? To talk? You think that would be bad? Uh, I think I, I think that would probably not work for him. He, but He's uh, coming close to it. You saw what his press he? secretary said. No. His press secretary said... After the whole business about Crudy Day, he said, well, if you'd eaten more vegetables, then you wouldn't have had that stroke. <laughs> like, uh, that's uh, <laughs> not in great taste. That's like a little off key there, maybe. It's off know? key, but, I, but what Trump did is it's just another order of, of, of bad. Uh, it's just un, uh, anyway. I'm not defending that. We, we, the, people tried to defend that at the time, and pretty clear he was mocking the reporter, I think. Oh, it's completely clear. He put out a whole propaganda barrage. They even he even went to to try to convince people he hadn't done that. He even went out and uh, mocked. I think it was Ted Cruz in similar visual well, he had, fashion. He had, he had mocked some people before in similar no, fashion. No, he hadn't. No, he hadn't. No, he but hadn't. It wasn't the video quite they that brought precise. out claiming he had was actually shot afterwards. He really? had. Not. I thought he was mocking some I mean, generals. maybe he had mocked actual disabled people before, yeah. But he had no, I thought he'd mocked generals before. No, he what he tried to convince people, remember, he emulated the reporter, the reporter's physical movements that were a result of the disability. Trump emulated them. And then, well, a, and then well, let like, me finish. Let me finish. And when he got called on it, he went out and did a tape where he was mocking Ted Cruz. And he did the same motions as if, hey, I mock even people who don't have disabilities this way. And then that was presented as if the Ted Cruz video had been before the other one. But, you know, there's no doubt. Because remember, when he, when he did this to a reporter, he said, you got to see this guy. And then he did it. Bob, I've had two stood ahead. I'm not going to let you finish. Sorry. The rules are different. It's a little late. I'm the, done. The rules, the rules are different this time. Um, uh. I, I, you know, I, I, I think that's a step away from torturing puppies. But, no, um, I would say it's about the same, actually. I mean, it's a, it, it, it would be, it would leave me about as alarmed. Uh, I would say you're the person who thinks paramecium have consciousness. No, I'm, I'm actually agnostic on that. Well, it turns out plants have consciousness. Do. You know that? <laughs> I doubt it's been proved. Well, they, they discovered that plants do all sorts of cunning things, like emulate. F- female insect smells to, and, and there's some, which I didn't follow up on, that there's some that are not just 
an obvious Darwinian like adjustment that they can make that ensures their survival. There's some that sort of involve them assessing the situation and saying, which technique should I deploy now? Yeah, but none so, of that implies consciousness in any kind of inexorable way. I mean, you, I think it, you wrote a piece for the New Republic saying microbes have consciousness, they just have well, a little bit of consciousness. Well, I think the best assumption, I mean, uh, is that non-human animals have consciousness, but uh, it's a, you know, I, yeah, I mean, we, we all we all talk as if they do. And if we're going to talk that way, that, that was a, an argument in defense of the basic logic of animal rights. Yeah. And I was saying, look, if, you can, if you're going to talk, if you're going to say you believe cows suffer, well, it seems to me you're morally obliged to uh, pay some respect to that view in the way you actually act. Um, um, so anyway, the last time I tried to suck up to you in a tweet. Oh, what? You thought I'd... Well, again, I mean... I, 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 I'm I joking, realized, but I thought I was—I thought I was being a solid citizen there. No, you just weren't being clear. Uh, you, you know, uh, I, I still don't think what he did was nearly as egregious of a, as a ton of stuff that other people do, including some you voted for. But I now a, more clearly see what your complaint is. That uh, it's a tweet, Bob. <laughs> made a point. It was just very uncharacteristic. Uh, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. It was uncharacteristically pompous and yeah, good governmenty. Yeah. Formalizes the shit. Was something Norm Ornstein could have written. How many? How many uh, pseudofeds did you have when you did this tweet? Uh, probably one that was fading. Mm. Anyway, um, that's a lot of time on one tweet. I just avoid tweeting, and it saves me a ton of trouble. Um. What else? Uh, uh, there's. Well, there, we haven't talked about uh, the non-existent Ukrainian Southern Offensive uh, and other things like that, if you want. It's still non-existent. Um, it's still, uh, and I think most people, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, it's, I don't see how it, I don't see how they take, how they retake Kherson before winter at this point. Yeah. We're sending, we're sending them $3 billion of aid and we're all, I don't know if that includes the weapons for close-in fighting that they need to wage an offensive. But if they didn't have the weapons, why did the prestigious Institute for the Study of War predict an offensive if they didn't have the weapons for it? I don't know. Look, it could happen. I mean, they are trying to isolate those Russian troops in Kherson by cutting off their lines of supply. That's step one. Um, by the way, in terms of weapons, one thing I learned is, you know, those, these, the switchblades we spent so much time talking about like five months ago? They don't work? Well, no, it's just that the good ones never got to them. There's two kinds, a kind that, that uh, can blow up a tank and right. can loiter for a long time in the air and can go long distances. Those are the 600s. And then the 300s are smaller bore items in all these respects. And it turns out they'd only gotten the 300s until like about now, because I guess, I don't know, the 600s um, were like vaporware or something. I don't know. They were they were just, they, they needed to be produced or something. Well, well that's why the, everybody's buying these Turkish drones, which apparently are available, good enough and cheap. Uh, and they do the job. So, yeah, I don't think those, those are not kamikaze drones though, right? The, 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 those no, are, they're the, not. yeah. No, they're. Um, 
So anyway, they're going to get some of those 600s. We'll see if they do anything. You know, I thought the, you know, the big story was the, the murder of Dugan's daughter, Daria right. Dugina. Okay. Um, and, and we should uh, we can uh, do a more in-depth analysis of that in the parrot room, I guess, in terms of who might have done it, because it's pretty mystifying. Uh, but it is notable that it was right after that that Putin announced an increase in the armed forces of 137,000. Now, I, I mean, notable in that it could be that he considered that a good time to do that. Like, uh, you know, who's going to complain about upping the ante when Ukrainians, at least in the Russian telling, Ukrainians are responsible for this, when Ukrainians murdered this uh, this poor young ultranationalist. The, the, um, I think the prestigious Institute for the Study of War said that this shows that he has no intent of having a call-up. If he's, if he's making the conventional armed forces bigger, that's, that's, a, uh, that's an ex excuse to avoid having a call-up. Yeah, it's certainly uh, not a general mobilization, and it's unclear how he's going to get these these troops. Some people think it may be partly just uh, bookkeeping stuff where he's going to count, like may, maybe he could count soldiers from Luhansk and Donetsk as actual Russian troops or in some other ways kind of fiddle with the books. I, I don't understand why he doesn't massively expand the Wagner group and just use them all the time. They're doing what they can. They're recruiting guys in prison. What do you want? I mean, apparently, and, and Wagner is more openly recruiting. It's like they used to kind of try to keep a low profile on sound. We are Wagner. Join Wagner. Come be a Wagner. Oh, really? Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, um, uh, 9W. So I don't um, know. Uh, people seem to think there will be some big chapter in the war before the winter. But right now it seems a lot like stasis. I mean, Ukraine does, does make these hits, you know, in, uh, and, and it's not trivial behind supply lines. And, uh, I thought, Crimea, but I thought the Russian, a big Russian defense guy had said, we're going to slow down for a while. Not that, they, not that we should take that as face value, but. The, the Russian, a Russian guy said In that? order to preserve civilian lives, we're not going to prosecute the war as vigorously for a while. Yeah. Well, I think um, they're a little bit exhausted right now, so he has yeah. to say something. Um, well, I mean, I, the logic of the Mearsheimer article, which I could only read part of because it was behind a paywall, was, seemed, uh, you know, un uncontrovertible. I mean, the idea that Putin is going to lose and lose and lose this war and sort of gradually sink into the quagmire and then admit defeat humiliatingly uh, without doing anything radical like exploding a nuclear weapon seems really like a long shot. Or no, not, a, I mean, not, a risk, not a risk you want to take. Well, that's what I've been saying. I mean, you yeah. know, you, you, you can't, uh, this whole idea that we're going to push Russian troops out of uh, the Donbass and Crimea and everywhere, first of all, going to be almost impossible to do. I don't, I don't see you doing it. But secondly, uh, Putin would just keep doubling down. And there's a lot of stuff b between this and nuclear weapons that he could do. Like what? It would be very unpleasant. Well, I mean, just, you know, he, he is not indiscriminately shelling cities. Okay. Right. He, he is right. killing some civilians, maybe sometimes on purpose, but you have not seen the intentional killing. Right. Of and there, and there, there was uh, this I mean, on a big scale. There was this hypersonic weapon that they used this week. 
he could launch a bunch of those in cities if he has a bunch of them. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is general mobilization. If his back's against the wall, he'll try to pull that off. And there's a lot more Russian bodies than Ukrainian bodies in the end. And that's oh. something to be mindful of uh, in terms of how soon you do uh, try to try to do a peace deal if you try. Um, um. What else? Uh, we've been going on and on. I, I I shouldn't have spent so much time in that tweet because I think we've maybe. Uh, oh, that was the best part, man. That's where my students gave me for? the. Gave you that's the edge? My second student gave me the competitive edge I needed. Yeah. Do you think you vanquished me? No, I just think I. Uh, you held your own, which is remarkable I was in, in itself. I, was, I held my own energy. I agree. In terms of energy, if not substance. Um, there's. Um, there's electric vehicles in California. They're, it's uh, going to be illegal to sell a gas-powered car after what, 2035? 2035, and and and, and uh, I mean that makes sense in the sense of, uh, you know, uh, that's the way the market is going anyway. Uh, so if you know, every every day it seems like there's a new electric car released. Hyundai is taking over the market. By the way, are they? GM and Ford are are. are Getting aced out. Yeah, they, they, the the Ionic is the cheapest one, and that's all you want is a cheap one. It doesn't have to be well, a Chevy fancy. Chevy has a cheap one. The Bolt is cheap. Uh, the Bolt is cheap, but I guess they're not uh, making enough of them. Uh, the uh, the you know Hyundai, I guess is uh, the Bolt is also at heart a Korean car, by the way, but uh, it's made by LG. Uh, is the it? engine. The engine is made by LG in Korea. And they're shipped huh. over here, but uh, uh, so and the other the other big Chevy product, the the this Blazer, isn't out for a year. Well, sorry, you're a year too late. You know what do you what happens in the market when you're a year too late? You got fucked. What about the Ford F one fifty? That could be good. That uh, that that uh, I haven't seen one yet, but uh, you know, supposedly they're out there. I've seen a lot of Rivians. Uh, you have seen a lot of Rivians in the wild. Yeah, you see, I they were having here. trouble producing them. They may be, but they're making them for West LA. Yeah, they're um, not, exactly your crowd, my crowd, the crowd that sits in coffee shops and yells empathy at kids. Right, they own Rivians. They own Rivians. <laughs> so uh, soon, my soon, I just having just bought a gas car. Soon it will be worth a fortune because you know the um, collector's item. Yeah. Uh, and um, what kind of mileage are you getting on that? You didn't buy it; you leased it. I leased it. I get like twenty eight, twenty nine. That's better than eighteen. It's better. Than I was getting before better than twenty. Uh, yeah. the, the big question is: it's a, it's fine to say we want everybody to drive an electric car. The the hard part is improving the electric grid so it can handle all that electric demand, which is mm. not just as I understand mm. it. Uh, you know, where are you going to get the electricity? Are you going to, is it going to be produced by fossil fuels plants in another state? Well, you know, that, you know, that's, uh, that's not, not, right. That's not achieving your Doesn't climate goals. Uh, but it also involves, I think, upgrading and fortifying and building new facilities and transfer stations mm -hmm. to handle the extra load. And in California, it's very hard to build something. So it's, this is the easy part, uh, declaring you can't, you have to sell only electric cars. The hard part is, you know, providing the the the, the backup infrastructure. Mm -hmm. uh, the, my other point about it is, uh, it's not a, to me. It's not a climate change ploy. 
to me, it's a clean air ploy. I mean, the, the pandemic proves to everybody because everybody stopped driving and the air magically transformed into this glorious, clear substance. You notice that, the difference in, in oh, Southern totally. California? It's like night and day. It's like a dream. But see, in most uh, parts of the country, I don't think it's that bad to begin with. That I could mean, be true, but in, in I mean, Los you've Angeles, got like a bowl, right? You live in an LA. Los Angeles is a natural bowl. If you if if people, you know, it was called Valley of the Smokes when there are only a few Indian campfires. It just mm -hmm. traps everything that's in it. Uh, so um, uh, you know, any any sort of pollution will be magnified. But it had started to get worse again after after it had gotten better for decades, and then the pandemic just completely showed us what the future could be. And I want that feature. So if it means shifting to electric cars, that's fine. And wh whatever the impact on climate change, I want clean air. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, for most of us, it's more about climate change. I mean, because the, the air is just not the same kind of problem it is in L.A. Uh, or even a in, place like D.C., where I think the air tends to settle also. Um, New Jersey? New Jersey is the famous clean air paradise? Well, when you're driving along the turnpike, you smell the refineries. This yeah. is true. However, I, I mean, look, I, uh, I, when I was in college, we, a friend of mine and I were driving across the country. We were in Southern California. We played uh, full court basketball outside and I had a headache. It was so bad. It was worse than this was before the big reform, but that's the old, I've never in any other part of the world seen air that bad. Uh, it's, you know, it's a combination of the, of the natural contours of the place what, and the fact what, that there's what, a shitload of cars. Everybody where travels is it by the, car. Where, what, what is it, where is it where you played this basketball game? Well, this was in Orange County. It was in oh, Southern okay. California. I thought, I, mean, I thought maybe you stopped in Gary, Indiana, another clean air, uh, paradise. Is that, I, I, I'm not aware of why that's a joke. Uh, is Gary, 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 Indiana is like one of the ugliest towns in America because in part because of the smoke from all the plants. Hmm. So it's like you wouldn't want to play basketball there either, I don't think. I've avoided that my whole life playing basketball in Gary, Indiana. So um Brian Stelter out at CNN. I uh, you know I he's the press critic of course. I know. I he he is a, he is a big, you know, he's one of these uh producing anti-Trump porn for his fans. Uh, I, I don't think he wasn't that good, but he wasn't that bad. He, I, I have respect for the guy. He built himself up as a, starting as a blogger, as a young blogger blogging about TV, producing this thing that everybody wanted to read. Uh, and, uh, and he worked his way up into a TV show. Good for him. I don't think he's an asshole. Uh, the, uh, so, uh, you know, I don't, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I have nothing to, to really say against him, but, TV is a, a bad business, you know, and if they want to make a change, they're going to make a change and they could probably do better in that category. But is this part of a larger effort to turn CNN back to a kind of straight news of reporting? Course. So you're sure of that? And it's, it's pushed by this rich guy, Malone, and it could be just to satisfy his centrist vanity, or it could be a shrewd economic move. Judging from everything that's happened everywhere else in the economy, it's to satisfy his centrist vanity. Because... <laughs> As you know, you know, middle of the road things die. I don't know, but, but as everyone vacates the middle, you would think that it would become a, a niche that somebody could occupy. Plus, I if you got some somebody who was a little more charismatic than their people, I mean, every 
everybody at CNN is fine, but th they seem to think they're all superstars. And there are people who are probably, you know, more glamorous and, and could attract a larger audience than the guys they have. Uh, are, you so thinking, can, are you thinking of us, you and me, when you say glamorous? Uh, Bob, one of us. And that would be... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, I'm thinking of... Who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of... Uh, uh, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to come up with somebody more talented than Jake Tapper. I admit. But yeah, uh, you're a big Jake Tapper fan. I just he, think he has presence and he has and presence. He's he's, he's cool. He's a, a combination of smart, suave, and good looking that recalls a Peter Jennings, say, yeah. possibly smarter. It would it would be a. I was thinking of some glamorous woman, but I couldn't think of a glamorous woman who would fit the bill. Uh, um, but they could make one. The point is, there there are people in the world who are better looking than Wolf Blitzer. There are. Hate to break it to you, great guy. Break it to me. You hate to break it to break Wolf. it to Wolf. Who who will break it to Wolf? Which of us will email Wolf? <laughs> I, I I have to like Wolf. I'm sorry. I think I told you about the the good the commendable thing he did. And I told it, you about the huge favor his sister did for me. So. Well, wait, our, our fans are on the edge of their seats. We're not going to say you have to pay up and go to the parrot room, are we? Let's hear what, 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 favor? what favor. His sister His sister was PR person for basic books and got my book on the first page of the New York Times book review surely, uh, simply by, by sort of exploiting an opening. They, 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 they said, we have, a, we have a, a week, we don't have a book. And she said, I have one for you. Use this book. So, um, really? So that's how the sausage is made. In the book, that was and then she then she died. So uh -huh. uh, the only person I have to thank in her family is Wolf. Um, anyway, what's your thing? Uh, I once was talking to someone who was worked with him at the Jerusalem Post, and the Jerusalem Post was bought by uh, a kind of pretty far right, I guess, pro-Israel guy. Not surprising in itself, perhaps this was Israel. Uh, but the guy basically announced, I'm going to turn this into a, the term is Hasbara, however you pronounce it. It means pro-Israel propaganda. I'm going to turn right. this into a pro-Israel propaganda newspaper was basically the upshot. And Wolf, Wolf Blitzer quit in response. So, um, principal journalist. The one, the one time I was on Brian Stelter was after I, when I quit uh, uh, Daily Caller. Because he could use me as a cudgel against Tucker. Um, mm. Oh, so you were on. So now you're biased. I was only clear. on that once. Still, but it was it was not it wasn't a case where he was gracious with somebody who disagreed with him. He was gracious with somebody who agreed because, with him. So yeah, uh, um, not a great. So did they also fire uh, Tubin? Tubin uh, uh, resigned to spend more time on other endeavors. Ah. Uh, he yes. has a book coming out that doesn't seem very exciting, but uh, but we think he was fired. Yeah, uh -huh. but we don't. We have, we have no evidence of that. But uh, we think the the new crew comes in. Uh, who's the first person gonna you're gonna fire? Is it gonna be the guy who masturbated in public? Mm. Might be that guy. You know, Mickey. Let's keep it clean. Uh, the the um, speaking of little elves. Now wait. 
the the, the uh, when Fauci announced when Fauci, <laughs> I, what was the transition there? No, it was. We're thinking was, of Jeffrey Tubin masturbating and then little elves. No, no. What I ask you? No, I wanted to go back to a different aspect of Fauci, not somebody threatening to throw him across the Potomac, but the fact that he also announced his resignation recently and did the standard. I'm, uh, you know, I'm. To, to move on to the next chapter of my career thing, the guy's like 81. Do people ever just say, I'm retiring, I'm it's over. I guess I guess the kind of people who become that prominent do not say that ever. They they do some, some but it's sort of, that's sort of fallen into disfavor, yeah. Among now, the also, super they successful. never say, I was fired. That's why I always had such respect for, I think it was Jack Gabriel. Schaefer did. Did he? Gabriel yeah. Snyder said it. Uh, yeah, I, my, rumor, my, my rule was always never say it. It all it always just the sheer drain of serotonin you get every time you say I was fired is like is like crippling. Uh-huh. And and Gabriel Snyder didn't really disprove it, but Jack Schaefer did. He said I was fired from Slate and got a great job at political was fired from Reuters. Maybe he was fired from both places. He was late. I don't think he was fired at all. He was laid off. He wasn't fired at Slate. Oh, was oh was he fired at Slate? Yeah, he was, was he laid fired off. by David Plotz? He was laid off. He was they laid off all the high salary people. And 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 they so they they they, they like lay off, on their feet. They lay off the people who have achieved a high salary, and then they throw in a young person just to make it look like they're not just firing the old people. Um, mm. But and at Reuters, I think they you know, they're layoffs and cutbacks. So he wasn't really fired, but I think he said I, he was fired. And I thought I, I thought Jack, are you sure you want to say that? And he completely pulled it off. It's because everybody sort of respects him. Uh, okay, Mickey. Got away so, with it. so we're approaching an hour. We should start talking about what we're going to talk about in the Parrot Room at patreon.com slash Parrot Room. There's a bunch of things. Do you know, First, uh, by, by the way, uh, I, I think I think we're, I wouldn't say within reach of the 1,200 patrons mark. I'd say within striking different distance. Maybe that's, these are people we're attracting because I'm cheating on you and doing an occasional Podcast with Ann Coulter, tapping into a different audience, Bob. Oh, that would explain one of the commenters in the parrot room. If it, uh, yeah, that could that's a that's a plausible theory. I had a very good uh, hour spend with lawyers, guns, and money with those people. Yeah. Uh, why, did, was, why didn't that, you stop there? Why did uh, then you moved on to Ann Coulter? I'd already done one with Ann Coulter. And who was it who tweeted uh, a tweet reflecting your appearance on her podcast? And just James tweeted, Walcott, the sated James Walcott, tweeted, who "It's had... come to this." I know. No, no uh, who was it who just did? It's come to this. That was James Walcott. Was it? But he, yeah, but he had to. The thing is, he's blocked me, so he had to. Uh, he had unblock, to unblock you. In he had order to unblock to me in order to snark at me. So I, I took that as a victory. Yeah, you won that round. We're talking. Um. Uh, he um. It's it's been the nicest thing he said about me in years. So that it's come. To I swear, I only say nice things about him, Bob. You do say pretty nice it's, things. He's a very it's, talented writer. It's uh, it, and maybe I'm the bigger man here. Is that possible? Uh, I, I'm put that idea in your head. Totally resist saying anything I might want to say there. The um, <laughs> so uh, that's not the spirit. That's the spirit. So parrot room. I want to delve into this who killed Daria Dugina thing. Okay. Um, I want to, speaking of media, journalistic objectivity and the quest for it, 
I want to see if I'm right to be uh, mildly outraged by this uh, review by Peter Baker of this new Putin biography. There's just a couple of lines in it that seem to me to just betray exactly what's wrong with mainstream journalism today and the New York Times in particular um, and be annoying. But you can correct if you correct me, I will I will withdraw the complaint. But you know, Peter annoying. Baker, of course, a high profile straight news in quotes reporter for the New York Times. Yeah. Um, I love I love being annoyed by the New York Times. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to talk about artificial intelligence. Is it is it time to start worrying? Um, and I want to, I want to talk a little about how cynical I think some people in the Biden administration, uh, are, are about the Ukraine war and how cynical their aims are. Uh, well, that'd be good. I, I, I don't see them as cynical, so. Well, this is a piece I, I mean, anyway, I, I actually wrote about this a little bit in the newsletter, but I want to, I want to, in the non-zero newsletter, but I want to elaborate on Great. it. I, I, there's another dead body in the Epstein case, Bob. Excellent. Excellent. I don't mean, uh, no, I didn't mean it that way. I mean, it's good right. that, that you'll have a reason to talk about that case because you're always fascinating when you speak about it, I'm sorry no. about the body, though, and I, uh, and the person who, it's who a, it belongs to. It's a body that decomposed so badly that it was unidentifiable. Mm. But they think they know who it is. Mm. Uh, there's a... China has a, apparently achieved a major victory in quantum computing. And in, in general, banks are worried that quantum computers can basically break all their security protocols. Yeah, because I guess they calculate so fast that they figure out how to what the password is. Okay, um, why doesn't that also apply to blockchain? Aren't the computers so fast that they figure out the one in a billion trillion? I mean, my knowledge of blockchain is it's not a it's not a surefire thing. There is a way to break it, but it's like one in a billion, so nobody gets it. Uh, but if you're a quantum computer, maybe you get it. Um, what do I know? Uh, Good question, because I don't, I'm certainly not the person who knows the answer to that question. Okay. Uh, the, um, there's the whole Twitter censorship, Twitter Facebook censorship thing with it, which uh, oh, they, had a new life because they caught Mark Zuckerberg the US, went on Joe Rogan. Oh, there's that. But also they nabbed some U.S. or, or some Western operatives for, for the first time ever. They united in kicking off a band of propagandists right. who are right. from right. the U.S. and Europe, I think. Right, and they, but uh, they also banned a uh, investigative reporter for Real Clear Politics, which is a very respectable site. It's a right wing site, but it's not wildly right wing, and uh, and it's put out by respectable people and read by respectable people. Yet they banned its reporter, which seems deeply troubling. Mm. Uh, and um, He's reporting about the FBI, Bob. Um, and uh, I, I want to, in, in sort of bigger ideas, I would, there are all these signs that China's economy is in real trouble. So what do you say about this thesis that when great powers peak and start to go downhill, they lash out militarily and mm. we should especially watch out about for China. In this context, there was a big interview on fresh air uh, this week. <laughs> 
by a guy who's written a novel, but he was very well informed. He's a professor in Massachusetts somewhere who told fresh air that we should worry about China. That's a fairly subtle reference to the way Terry Gross pronounces fresh Not air. Not subtle. That's the way she does it. But this wasn't Terry, air, Terry Gross. This was a, her substitute. The guy? Yeah. But I don't, I don't know if he said fresh air the way Terry Gross says it. I don't think he does. So, so what if... What if Terry Gross and Michael Barbero had a baby? It'd be like <laughs> it would be it would be an emphatic Fresh baby. <laughs> but she doesn't. Wait. But but no, he he's more consistently he's he's like consistently melodramatic. She just pronounces that one thing. You're air. telling me that Fresh Air has this China expert on it. Hey, it's worked. She's got a hell of a franchise, man. You know what her secret is. What is her secret? That whenever anybody dies? She tapes six hours and boils it down to one and a half. Well, plus she's well, interviewed so many people that uh, for so long that now every every week a couple of them die and she just reruns old interviews. Yeah. I mean, honestly, what? I was on her show. My one time I was on her show. And, and by the way, she can sell books. I'm here to tell you. But at the end, after interviewing me, she said, so it was like Thursday. She said, so this will air on Tuesday. Unless somebody dies. Yeah. And I thought she, that could happen. She's better at pushing books than Ezra Klein, a God Among Men? Uh, I, I, uh, I, I don't know. I've ne I, I, haven't, I haven't tried books. But Ezra, Ezra is good at pushing subscriptions to your newsletter. I can report that. Um, but I, it's hard to imagine, especially for a book like this particular book was, it's hard to imagine really almost anyone rivaling her clout. It was unbelievable. Well, there is somebody, obviously. Who would that be? You, Oprah. Yeah, yeah, including for this kind of book. But, but I would say you, you, I probably wound up with more of the kind of readers. Oh well. Anyway, who would who would like the book? There's, you know, they're selling the book, and they're selling the book to people who would like the book. Well, you got the money. What do you care about it? Whether they like it. Well, more people ultimately read a book if your first round of sales is the people who will read it and recommend it than yeah. if it's the people who will not finish it. That's my controversial theory of book publishing. Not shared answer. by everyone. So, it's not, not my theory. So are, isn't there something we can talk about in their own pop, pop culture? Can I say more about the Beatles documentary? Maybe. Uh, There's probably something. Um, we could talk about Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles, except I have nothing to say. Wait, about wait, them. wait! No, also, Olivia Wilde and J Jason, whatever the uh, you know Ted Lasso. What about them? They broke up. Well, I know, but she's been there's a bitter custody fight, man. Aren't you reading your stuff? No, I I just know they broke up, and she said there was a good reason, but um. I think it might be the reason I, I think that I think one question is, is this going to color people's views of Ted Lasso? Because this guy plays Ted Lasso. And let me tell you something. I don't know if you've watched Ted Lasso, but Ted Lasso is a good guy. And uh, it might complicate people's perceptions if well, they came point. to the conclusion that the person playing Ted Lasso is not a good guy. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I have, I have no reason to, you know. I'm saying it's like Mar-a-Lago. We can make a judgment until we know what the substance of the documents is, and so we can't make a judgment on this unless we know what went on inside their marriage, and we're not going to find out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so. not. I don't know. We may. We'll probably find out about that before we find out about the documents at Mar-a-Lago. So, um, 
Okay. Okay. So we uh, we adjourned to the parrot room. I, I promised I would try to yeah. learn the song, uh, The Heart Will Go On. I found this thought so depressing that I haven't actually done it. But we have a break, and I may do it in the break. No, I, I would say that uh, the, the musical portions of the parrot room are among the most commented upon. Let's leave it, let's <laughs> leave it at that. That's one way to put it. Well, this is the point where, where we talk about what did Mickey spill during the course of this hour? And the answer is he spilled a cup of coffee. Did you? Yeah, now I have to Man, clean you it up. You handled that so well. There was no point where I thought to myself, Mickey must have just spilled a, a cup of coffee. I'm a pro, Bob. Probably just as well. But look, I got all over the paper and everything. It's, oh. It's ugly. And he handled it so well. I think it was oh. the Sudafed. I also want to figure out why did they? Why was there a rumor that they were about to arrest Gavin McGinnis? Oh, I, caught, I caught some little glimpse of him on Twitter today, but right, but that's because there was an announcement that they weren't going to arrest him. But what um, were they going to arrest him for? Beats me. Um, be, being a proud boy, I don't know. Inventing hipster. Starting though. Vice. Did he do inventing both those hipster things? fashion? What did he start Vice? He was a co-founder of Vice, and he invented, he sort of single-handedly invented hipster fashion, the, the pork pie hat and the, huh. yeah, the, the beer, the whole fucking thing. Well, book him. That's it. I think it's close to a capital offense. Anyway. Okay. So we will see you and the parrot. Hello? In the parrot room. Uh, oh, and smash the like button. Oh, oh, Mickey, Mickey. Next week, we're recording on Thursday instead of Friday. It's Labor Day. I mean, the podcast will still be here if you show up on Friday, but you could, uh, it should be up certainly by Friday morning. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and even Thursday night. Okay. I forget why we're doing that, but we're doing it. We're doing that at Bob's request, I think. And it's Labor Day also. You, you, you got to figure, you know, people have checked out by Friday. So it's a, it's a brilliant marketing uh, strategy. Some of us have checked out already. Let's don't advertise it. All right. Does the okay. bird have anything to say? The bird's spending more time with his family. I actually like that. Yeah.